Hello guys, Jack here from Jack Makes Happy Hour podcast. And yes, the rumours are true. We're heading back out on tour in May 2024. 68% of the tickets are already sold out, but there are still a few left at Edinburgh, Newcastle, Manchester, Birmingham, Leeds, Cardiff, Sheffield, Nottingham, Bristol, Bury, and our home city of Norwich. So don't waste any time. Grab your tickets today and come and watch me, Alfie and Robbie live. And me. Mainly me, Alfie and Robbie, though, isn't it? Yeah. HappyHourLive.co.uk. See you in May. We went out drinking after one of the shows. We came back to the hotel. We were staying in a hotel divan. <laughs> we were walking back to our rooms and someone had left. You're about to be a dad. Yes. Are you nervous? Yes, very nervous. It's uh, it's absolutely terrifying because I'm just not a very good adult. We watched the trailer, me and Fee was watching it on the way up last night. Seems like there's a lot of sex in it. A lot of sex. Yeah. Yeah. How awkward is that to film? How awkward is Holly our Hollywood sex scenes? Who's your hero? One of your previous guests at the moment is my hero. The thing is, I've played in a lot of those celebrity football matches, mm -hmm. and the most depressing thing is that I've played with Seydorf, Edgar Davids, Del Piero, and honestly, of all of the players that I've played with, the one that I was most impressed with was... I want to talk about Robots. Yeah. This new film you're in. Oh yeah, I forgot. I forgot. You I forgot, forgot I was in a, in a movie. I was just too busy noshing off Stephen Tries. <laughs> Happy hour. There's no better feeling than a personal win. And the State Farm Personal Price Plan can help you do just that. Talk to a State Farm agent today to learn how you can bundle and save with the personal price plan. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. Prices are based on rating plans that vary by state. Coverage options are selected by the customer. Availability, amount of discounts and savings, and eligibility vary by state. Hello guys and welcome back to Jack Mate's Happy Hour podcast. We are back from tour. A little bit dishevelled. How are you feeling, mate? Yeah, I'm absolutely fine. I feel all right. It feels a bit weird being back in here. Mm, it does. Back at the um, Virgin table. Uh, we'll explain that to you in a minute, Jack. He doesn't um, want to know. No, I don't want to know. <laughs> he doesn't want to know. And I don't want to hear any of your sordid tour stories there'll, either. There'll be none of that. There'll be none of that. How's your, um, Stevie, how's your, the problem? What problem? The problem. Oh, for God's sake. Everyone's convinced I'm an alcoholic. You do look like you've just been dug up. <laughs> but I assume that was just a tour lifestyle thing and not just because you have, like, an actual problem. <sighs> Good start. Robbie Knox, who we do this podcast yes. with, yeah. he vlogged the whole tour so you can watch the whole thing on YouTube, right. what we did every day. Oh, you're yeah. missing out if you haven't seen it. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, check that one out. But I will add it to my list. But I'll finish Succession first, probably, and then move on to the Robbie Knox vlog. <laughs> It seemed to become a thing on there that people were commenting saying they think I have a problem with drinking and that I need help. Mm. Because every single shot you had a beer in your hand, bloody lad. Right, before we get into, before we we get into your, your mate, Lloyd. Yeah, well, you, he turned up to your show and you said off air that he was absolutely wasted. Yeah, so he came on our pod before yeah. we ever did a live show and he, he was giving us the rundown of what we need to do because he's yeah. been on tour with you. He has obviously done he was, a, he, was on the, he was on the pod. He was on the pod oh. and he gave us a list and one of the biggest pointers he said was don't drink, take vitamin waters, don't eat fast food. <laughs> like, <laughs> Lloyd Griffith? <laughs> what the fuck? Have you seen him? Why is he acting like he's Gwyneth Paltrow? <laughs> that guy... <laughs> 
He was, you know, having takeouts every night. Was he really? On tour, this is a story about Lloyd that I've only just remembered. We went out drinking after one of the shows. We came back to the hotel. We were staying in a hotel divan. <laughs> we were walking back to our rooms and someone had left half-eaten room service food outside their door to their room. Oh, no. And Lloyd looked at it and I was like, you're going to eat that, aren't you? And he was like, no. I went into my room, I popped my head back out, he'd gone back out to eat the half-eaten room service food. Oh my God. He I'm... polished off half a burger drunk that I'm... someone had left outside their room in the hotel divan in Brighton. I'm so glad we didn't take his advice. This guy is giving you lifestyle advice. Because the main thing was he said, don't drink. So the first five, six shows, we were good as gold. Then he came to our show in London and was smashed. And I was like, what the fuck are we doing then? So yeah. then we just... But anyway, let's introduce you because <laughs> this isn't about Lloyd. Uh, if you did this already is the know, the roast of Lloyd Griffith. Yeah. Yeah. We've got Jack Whitehall on, comedian, actor, big red dog dad. Dad? Are you the dad? <laughs> no, not the dad of the dog. I've not seen I it. mean, that's worse than a lot of people who think I am the dog. Like, I saw my friend in LA and she was with her kids and she was like, oh, look, it's Clifford the big red dog. I was like, you have seen, you told me that you'd seen the film. I don't play the dog. I play the uncle of the owner of the dog. Oh, so, okay. you know. Well, I've got a little. I'm dog adjacent. Do you want to say what he was originally down as? <laughs> it originally said big red dog. <laughs> And I messaged Jack and I said, why have you put him as Big Red Dog? I thought you were the, I thought the Big were the Red dog. dog. You see, I always refer to you as the Big Red Dog <laughs> as well. So. And also, you're a soon-to-be father, mate. Congrats. Yeah, congrats. yeah, yeah. yeah. That, I'm, my girlfriend is um, pregnant and I'm having a child, which I'm still sort of, you know, coming mm. to terms with. I'm very excited and terrified and, uh, yeah, all of those emotions. Congrats, though, mate. Yeah, thank you very much. Jack's 34. So, feet. Still got time. Still got time. So we can stop the pressure in. Right now, we always start in the same way, Jack. Happy Hour Hall of Fame. Mystical, yeah. magical place far, far away. Yeah. You can put any item into that Hall of Fame to be immortalized forever. Something that means something to you, a thing, a person, a place, a feeling. What are you putting in there? Can I put Stevie's new barnet? I'll Honestly, take it. Honestly, it's incredible. Fuming. That... <laughs> is the greatest comeback since Craig David. <laughs> <laughs> and I and I seeing it up close for the first time, they've done a wonderful job. They have. Thank you. Why, why are you touching it? It's luscious. Mm. Well, you've got the luscious hair at the moment. I think he's only said it so we can comment on his. No, no, yeah. no. I just want to share the love. Yours is glorious. Thank you very much. It is glorious. Just three chaps hanging out all with lovely hair. Just with lovely, lovely yeah. three of us. Your teeth are new since last time Jack came in, aren't they? We can put the teeth in as well. I'll have your teeth and your hairline. I'm <laughs> <laughs> not going to disagree with that. Yeah. What do you think of the teeth? Bit too I love big? the teeth. Yeah. No, they're good. And, I... they, you know, it's extra lighting for the studio as well. <laughs> I think I might be going snow blind when you smile at me. <laughs> when, when we went in to see the ceramicist for the designs, yeah. uh, took Fiona with me and... Um, they said, how big do you want them? How white do you want them? Yeah. Fiona went, not too big, not too white. We don't, we don't want them to look silly like Ryland's. Yeah. And then the guy went, well, when we made Ryland's, um, and I was like, fucking hell, it's the same guy. <laughs> but I keep getting a lot of B-Tech Rob Beckett uh, comments yeah. at the moment. But What happens to the horse that they take them from? Do they? <laughs> no, no, I just, that's a genuine question. Does it... It's like the Grand National, or fucking head side. They shoot it in the fucking. Yeah, yeah. I'm glad he's back. <laughs> <laughs> nice. I'm, I'm, so, the jury's still out on that one. Uh, let's do a little get to know. Jack's been on before. Jack, you are on episode one three one of Happy Hour, and we're fast approaching the four hundred mark now. Four hundred. Yeah. Amazing. We smash it out. We smash, last week. We had um, Rebecca Goodwin. Have you are you familiar with Rebecca's I'm not aware work? Of Rebecca Goodwin is she a, a writer? Uh, to another have another stab in the dark. Um, 
newscaster? Uh, traffic warden. Traffic warden. Mm. Well, she plays with cones. She puts traffic cones in her asshole, Jack. The traffic, well, traffic wardens allowed to do that? <laughs> <laughs> as far as I'm aware, that would definitely be a violation of your duty. Um, she's, a, she's a porn star. so She's a porn star. Yeah. Wow. And I thought you were scraping the barrel with Lloyd. <laughs> <laughs> to be wow. fair, I've seen him put a few traffic cones up his ass as well. Once you I've get been... lonely on tour, you know? Yeah. <laughs> you need to entertain yourself some way. Fucking hell. Right, let's start with the get to know quick fire questions. Sorry. Stevie, do you want to kick us off? We seem to always start with this one what's the biggest animal you reckon you could beat in a fight mm, i could beat a shark but on dry land okay yeah it would have to be beached and i just what yeah but when, whenever do you see them out of water what well that's in i don't think i could beat a shark in the water right if it got beached up onto the beach and was there stranded then i could give it a sucker punch whilst it was there so if, if you just saw a shark on the beach you'd just start hitting it well no i mean a fight with it <laughs> <laughs> Fair enough. I mean, I, I wouldn't I, attack the shark. But I think it, that's it, a rule violation. Okay, that's a rule violation. Mm. You have to fight them in their... Look, so on Eddie, their when Eddie Hearn come on, we always mention this because it's mental. Yeah. He said he could beat up a lion. He could beat up a lion. He said he could beat yeah, up a lion. Yeah, but Eddie's the master of chat, yeah. isn't he? Yeah. So if you had to beat an animal in its natural habitat... I mean, its natural habitat. Ugh. Duck. <laughs> yeah, I've seen some quite vicious looking ducks, <laughs> to be honest. Um, I reckon I could beat a um, an otter. An otter? That's a great shout. Yeah. Yeah, you've got a bit of otter about you. Yeah. Do you think? Yeah. I think more of a swan, a graceful swan. <laughs> okay. That if you cross, could break your arm. I used to live near loads of swans. Did you? Yeah, vicious bastards. They are very vicious. I was thinking of a swan and then I was like, no, 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 I think I would be I went destroyed by a swan. Duck. I had, uh, in the Bad Education movie, this... Um, scene where I am dared by my friends to drunkenly teabag a swan, which was one of the weirdest sequences I've ever had to film in anything. And there was an animal wrangler there that brought the swan uh, to the set and we had like a prosthetic swan's head for the actual like touching of the balls on the, and prosthetic testicles as well. <laughs> it wasn't my actual bollocks. Uh, but then there was an actual like swan on a leash that they used for quite a lot of the filming. And it was absolutely terrifying, like having to hover above yeah. this quite angry swan by that point. Did it go for you It had been made to wait for hours and hours to film its scene. And then by the time we were doing it, it looked really, really pissed off. Uh, and I had to get in very close proximity to this swan. And, and, and I think, it was, you know, like I was genuinely uh, putting my bollocks on the line uh, to get a cheap laugh. And I was like, oh, you know, it, it was fun and it turned out quite okay in, 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 in the movie and it was a funny scene. And then I sort of completely forgot about it. And then a couple of years later, I was doing this like drama called Decline and Fall on the BBC with a lot of like really, really respectable actors. And it was the first time I'd ever done anything dramatic. And there was a scene in one of the episodes where there was a dog. And uh, so obviously with any animal on set, you have uh, an animal wrangler. It was the same animal wrangler from Bad Education who recognized me and in front of all of these serious actors oh, no. was like, oh, you teabagged my swan. And I was like, <laughs> Yes, yes, I do. A little bit of context would be nice. They all now think that I'm an absolute wrong'un. I was trying to like impress upon them that I was a serious actor That's now, so and then he called me out for putting my bollocks on his swan. I've learned. We learned recently for for our tour that we did. It was called yeah. the Round Sheep Tour. So we had a sheep there on the photo oh, did you? for the promos. Yeah, and um, I've we found out that they get these animals from like 
they're like acting farms. Yeah, yeah. So they're real, they're real yeah. like movie star animals, yeah, aren't yeah. they? Yeah, I've I've done a scene with um uh, when I did Clifford the Big Red Dog, there was a monkey on set that had more IMDb credits than I did. <laughs> Yeah, it was like a celebrity monkey that had been in so many movies. And the wrangler was like, you know, again, like really kind of like peacocking on behalf of the monkey right. as well, telling everyone about all of the movies that it had been in. I was like, fucking hell, <laughs> Do you right. think the monkey's money goes up after everyone? I've got yeah. a big CV yeah. now. I think it may have been quite an abusive relationship. I think that animal wrangler was probably like Macaulay Culkin's father <laughs> and was definitely siphoning off a lot of the profits that that monkey was bringing in. What's the weirdest app on your phone, Jack? The weirdest app in my phone. I say it every week. I love this question because I mean, you never know what's coming out. Yeah, let's see what I've got. I mean, I've got... The chat GBT thing I've just got. I mean, I mean, weird for me. I've got the Ryanair app. <laughs> I've Ryanair for nearly a decade, but I got the app. I've got a Ryanair flight tomorrow. Oh, oh. Um, <laughs> Conte took a Ryanair flight. Did you see that? Yeah, I yeah. saw that. Yeah, I mean, anything to get out of Tottenham, I guess. Uh, what else? Yeah, I mean, I would say that is probably the the. the you can't say Ryanair. No, no. Okay, I won't say Ryanair. Easy jet. I am just going to delete that. Um, <laughs> <laughs> what have you been using? Hey, look, I'm a man of the people. I'm an EasyJet guy. What, what have you been using ChatGPT for? Uh, well, because someone said that it can write jokes. So I was oh, like, wow. I wanted to put that to the test. And oh, I like, typed in, can you write a Jack Whitehall joke? And I was like, it's not going to be able to do that. And then I read them and I was like, oh, yeah, I probably would say something like that. They weren't funny, but they definitely sounded like they were in my voice. Yeah. Like the setup sounded like stuff that I would say. And then the punchlines were just a bit shit. But maybe if they weren't funny, that's saying more about you than Chat. <laughs> 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 Touche. It's weird you bring that up because I actually asked Chat, what is it? GTT? GPT. 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 For facts about you. Yeah. Should we, I, I can tell you. Yeah. Schoolmate of celebrities. During his time at Dragon School, an independent preparatory school in Oxford, <laughs> Jack Whitehall had some famous classmates. He attended school with notable figures like actor Robert Patterson of Twilight fame and singer-songwriter Florence Welsh, lead vocalist of Florence and the Machine. I don't think Florence and the Machine was there. Or maybe she was. The others are true. Harry Potter connection. Jack Whitehall is a self-professed, prefer, I don't know why I can't speak, professed Harry Potter fan. In the fact, he auditioned, for, <laughs> he auditioned for the role of Ron Weasley. Uh, no, I auditioned for, obviously, Harry Potter. Right, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah I, was, I mean, that would be why I didn't get the part if I went up for Ron Weasley. That's definitely on my agent. Okay, let's move back to the quick. Yeah. Hold on, they're close. Have you actually gone to ChatGPT to get stuff for today's episode? I, I'm going to make it a thing and get some like facts from it and see how accurate it is. Oh, okay. Yeah. I just thought you were putting less work in. No, I, I have done that as well. So the school thing, uh, they, they I did go to the school that had all these famous people there, and it was Emma Watson, Robert Pattinson, and then whenever they write about the school, they always talk about them, and I like never get mentioned. So. I had this thing where I was, used to like complain about it and make jokes about the fact that I'm like the school's dirty secret and that they're all like, oh yeah, we had like Hermione and, and Batman and Loki that I'm went wrong. there and then they don't give a shit about Cliff, the big red dog's dad. <laughs> um, and so like, yeah, I used to complain about it all the time and then this amazing thing happened like six months ago, there was a story about the school because a teacher had been arrested because they'd found like 
indecent images on his laptop. And in the Daily Mail, there was a headline, Jack Whitehall's former no school way. teacher arrested. I was like, right, where the fuck is Emma Watson now? <laughs> like, whenever they're writing about it as this amazing school, they always get name dropped. And then the minute it's like this den of sexual depravity, it's like, yeah, let's wheel out Jack Whitehall. And it, it's even worse as well. The first time I ever got mentioned when they're writing about the bloody school, and instead of going like Emma Watson and Robert Paddinson, they debuted someone else because it was Jack Whitehall, former school of Jack Whitehall and Jelaine Maxwell, the fucking lady from Epstein Island. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because she also went to the school. I was like, we're not a pair. Like, why, when I get mentioned, does it have to be in conjunction with her? Jack and Jelaine. <laughs> We can confirm you never went on the island. I never went on the <laughs> island, no. no. <laughs> Shall we move on? Yeah. yeah. From, 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 from Epstein's Man island. Yeah. yeah. From, from to Epstein's, Epstein's yeah. island to... Ask ChatGBT. <laughs> Did Jack White... No, do not ask, <laughs> do not ask it that. So we're going to go from the island to thinking about what's the best smell in the world? The best smell in the world? Um, I mean, uh, freshly baked bread. That's a nice answer. It's a nice smell. I was about to say Creed Avensis, which is my Le de Toilette, but then I thought after that Ryanair bit, yeah. I maybe want to, you know, <laughs> just take it be more of a man of and people. be a little bit more of a man of the people. Jack loves freshly cut grass. And petrol. Everyone loves Together? petrol. Yeah. But freshly cut grass doesn't work for you because it makes you sneeze. No, it doesn't. Hay fever makes me sneeze. Pollen. It's not the same as grass. Yeah, it's in grass, isn't it? No. Nah. Sometimes the pollen goes on the grass. Yeah but wet grass keeps the pollen down. <laughs> right, <laughs> fucking what? hell. Hay? What, you like the smell of hay? No, like dried dried grass. It's all right, reminds yeah. me a bit of farms. Who's mm. your hero? <laughs> what? <laughs> What's going on? Who's my hero? Uh, one of your previous guests at the moment is my hero, Tom Skinner. Yeah. I'm absolutely obsessed with him. I get these like obsessions from time to time with random celebrities. Mm -hmm. Like for a long while, it was Chris Akabusi. Mm -hmm. Then it was Paul Chuckle. I became obsessed with Wayne Lineker for a period. But like <laughs> at the moment, it's just Tom Skinner. And I'm, I just cannot get enough of him. I think he's amazing. I absolutely love his content. You I met him, didn't yeah, you? Yeah, I met him. Yeah. I met him at the races. I actually filmed a little thing with him the other day. And he's just so funny and just has this amazing like joie de vivre and i'm like totally on the tom skinner train i'd I think love he's amazing. to see him in clifford the big red dog oh my god can you imagine <laughs> get him a roll jack did you see shouting bosh at it <laughs> <laughs> he had um some pasta that he put in a curry do you see that i Twitter? mean i love it i love i'd love him to do a cooking show i've watched yeah. all of his recipes oh, as well bang as well it's amazing it? like even if he's making something that's like sort of like quite light you know all of a sudden a couple of sausages come out and get <laughs> chopped up <laughs> chucked into it and I'm like that's my kind of cooking <laughs> love it and then final question uh, from the quick fires if you could play any role in cinema throughout time so we got... oh, I know already what it's going to be can I guess yeah and the hair and the look is a clue because it is a homage to him one is of it... my favourite actors posh actor uh, yeah pretty posh villainous uh, like played some of the best bad guys in the history of cinema Sadly, no longer with us. Oh, I don't know. I don't know why I'm asking. Who were you going to guess? Who? I was going to look clue there. Loxley. Loxley. I don't know cinema. No. Loxley. That's not letting me type. Uh, <laughs> Alan Rickman. Robin Hood, Prince of Thieves. Okay, perfect. Like, that was the part. Perfect. I was just like, I absolutely love that movie. 
I loved him. I thought you were going to bring up a picture of him. Yeah, I want both to look to the yeah, screen. I want to see. A I want to see a picture of him. Come oh, on. Yeah, you are going to bring it. You've bring been it. a very bad boy, Harry been Potter. Been a very bad boy, so, Harry Potter. Oh, what a man! I want you to gouge. Can you search him? In, in, in Robin Hood. In Robin Not seen Robin Hood. Been to Nottingham, though. Robin Hood, Prince of Thieves. Like that, for me, that's the part. That's the look. I, do you know what? I could see you doing it, Jack. Yeah. Yeah. See, this is what I thought I'd model my look on. And then mm. you go on TV and obviously then you get some feedback via the medium of Twitter. And you realize that whilst you've aimed for the Sheriff of Nottingham in Robin Hood, Prince of Thieves, <laughs> you've arrived at apparently a... Tesco's value Richard Hammond <laughs> which was one of the comments and even worse someone tweeted when I uh, went on to the one show why the hell is Jack Whitehall turned up to the one show looking like a young Peter Sutcliffe I was like fuck oh, it now I've got a mate who, just, who looks just like Peter Sutcliffe <laughs> <laughs> it's creative right let's move on Jack as we said at the start you're you're about to be a dad yes so congrats first of all thank you are you nervous? Yes, very nervous. It's uh, it's absolutely terrifying because, I don't know, I'm just like, I'm not really, I'm just not a very good adult, I don't think. I still am quite, like, tied to my feckless, uh, like, 20-year-old self and now have realised that with the impending arrival of a child, that probably has to change. Like, I still can't drive. Mm. I'm late to everything. You were early. I'm a so hot you were mess. Early here. I was very early, yeah. but that's because I got the time wrong. I thought I was meant to be here at 11, so, <laughs> so I was technically you were half late. an hour late. <laughs> Even when I'm early, I'm late because I've got the time wrong. Uh, and so, yeah, I mean, I've just... Uh, and I've just... I'm just a bit of a hot mess sometimes and I just feel like now that I've got a child probably can't get away with that as much. Do you do you still have much social time like with your mates and pubs and whatnot? Because you, you're working flat out. You seem to be working flat out all the time. So is that got to be knocked on the head? Uh, no, I still try to like maintain a pretty active social life as well. Um, and that's why I love spending time in the UK because I can hang out with my mates. My buddy... Uh, opened a pub as well he's a brewer he's quite a dangerous friend to have to be honest and then he opened a pub like 10 minutes away from my house so I spend quite a lot of time there uh with him and the rest of my mates who all live together in the same student house when we were at manchester and then we've remained really good mates ever since so i hang out a lot with them uh and yeah i try to to, to see as much of them as i can because it's fucking great to not lose sight of that mm. and you know you can get so like snowed under with work and I don't know like going over to America and hanging out with people that are all in the industry and I'm just like Ugh. eventually <laughs> I really need to just pull the ripcord and yeah. come back and talk I, about football and I drink. think that's the the main reason why yeah. I don't want a kid I just like the pub too much yeah like when I'm at home it's pub yeah so if I have a kid that equals no pub but can you not take kid to pub yeah but if I take kid to pub minimal beer Mm. Why are you speaking like this? Yeah. That's, that's a, with, with it's almost like you're trying to explain it to your future child. You understand why I am not going to be a dad. Because I cannot maintain alcoholism Respon if you are around. Responsibility bad. Yes. Daddy wants to go to pub and get so drunk that he comes home and shits bed. <laughs> Mummy will then have to change. <laughs> what what type of dad do you think you'll be? One of them. One of the ones that I've just <laughs> described. No. Um, I don't know. I feel like I want to be 
yeah, I mean, I want to try and be a hands-on dad and and make sure that I'm present and change the odd nappy and and help out. The odd nappy. But there's always, I just, I yeah, I mean, obviously, the back of my mind, there's like, if I'm not very good at it, then just send them to boarding school at eight, like my dad <laughs> with me. <laughs> Someone else can take over. <laughs> That's the backup plan. Have you ever changed a nappy, Stevie? Yeah. Have you? Yeah, my, my sister's got six kids. Oh my God. So, yeah, yeah six girls. She's a slag. Yeah. <laughs> I was going to say Catholic. Like <laughs> 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 <is> another <laughs> all girls as well. Option. Yeah, all girls. She had the first one two days after her 18th birthday, so I would have been 14. So I used to babysit and stuff then. Yeah, I never changed a nappy in my life. I've changed a nappy already. Have you? Yeah, I did this film called Mother's Day, which uh, was like you know Valentine's Day and what was the other one? New Year's Eve. One of those sort of very cheesy romantic comedies, and I played a stand-up comedian who had a baby. And there was this scene where he enters this stand-up comedy competition and the babysitter bails and he has to take the baby up on stage and then halfway through his comedy set, he has to change the baby's nappy. Um, so they give you real babies? Yeah, well, two babies. It was like twins. Right. Um, and they, they would sub them out so that, you know, one baby could have a rest and then the other baby... A would... bit like Big Daddy with Adam Sandler. Exactly, yeah, yeah, yeah. exactly. Yeah. It's exactly that. Um, so in order to do this scene I had to learn how to change a nappy so I went round to the kind of stage mum's house and she showed me how to change the nappy and I practiced on one of her babies which is pretty weird but I was actually yeah. quite good at it and I managed to like get it all down messy and, nappies um, as far no I don't I think they were unsoiled nappies uh, I think they were just dummy dummy nappies that? exactly <laughs> um and so, like, mastered the art of nappy changing and then did the scene and, and filmed it all and then it all got cut from the movie. So it was completely <laughs> oh, pointless. Oh, so I thought. And now, many years later, I already have that skill in my locker because I learned to do it for a film. That's kind of answered my next question because I was going to bring up your, your caption. I think it was on Twitter the other day when you said you, you should probably learn to drive now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I was going to ask if there are any parts of fatherhood that you think you've already got nailed, but nappies... Nailed. Yeah, the nappies... Yeah, mainly, yeah, mainly the nappies... Um, is is the one dad jokes? Uh, I thought he would say dad's nappies. So I was like, yeah, I have done a few of his as well. You know, he's getting on. He's getting on a bit. And when we were doing travels with my father, some of that foreign food. Um, Michael, <laughs> shut your eyes, legs up. Um, uh, uh, uh. Sorry, I know that's not a nice image, is it? It's much worse for you than it is us. Yeah, yeah. Have you been um, given any advice then from from friends and that? Uh, I mean, learning to drive is definitely like very high on my list of priorities right now is it though yeah i just feel like chauffeur baby chauffeur baby oh yeah because i could have a chauffeur for the baby and then i could yeah get a separate car what <laughs> so i don't have to have a screaming child no no, no you probably have to be in the same vehicle as the baby um so no i yeah i, I feel like i should probably learn to drive that's one thing but <sighs> how come you never have well I mean, I've always just hidden behind excuses, really. Mm. I mean, I like to drink as well. Right. And that's quite useful. Uh, if you know, beer has no car drive. No car drive, <laughs> officer. <laughs> Very sorry. Beer had no license. So bad, Jack. Um, I, yeah, I, I, it was because I was the youngest in my year. So I was uh, a July uh, baby, which meant that everyone in my year had already learned to drive by the time I could, and it wasn't as exciting anymore. Right. Um, we also had to learn to drive 
when I was at Marlborough, which is in Wiltshire in Swindon. And Swindon is a really difficult place to learn to drive because they have this thing called the magic roundabout. So every time someone did a driving test, they'd have to navigate the most complicated roundabout system in Europe, what which meant a lot of people exit? failed. It's insane. G Google the magic roundabout in Swindon. Magic yeah. roundabout Swindon. Like you watch it and anyone that is a driver like has a panic attack just seeing it. Um, so that kind of put me off a little bit. Here we go. Let's have um, a little look. Five exits. It's an absolute what? clusterfuck. Is that five roundabouts it's five that roundabouts make a roundabout? One. Oh my God. I think it's because it's the only way to keep people in Swindon is by having that <laughs> on the exit. And people are so confused that they end up driving back into Swindon. Wow. And that is the only way that you could keep people in Swindon for any period of time. That does not look convenient. Yeah. It's insane. So that's people had to learn to drive on that. Yeah. Learner uh, drivers. Not, Add learner drivers to that. A load of, you know, um, poshos from Marlborough College mm. driving around in Volvos. I failed my driving test seven bothered. times. Seven times? Yeah. If I lived in Swindon, that would have been 14. <laughs> yeah, that would <laughs> definitely have been 14. I've got a theory, though, because you can't drive, can you? I can't, no. And, no. and you, were you, have you done lessons? I've done two lessons. I did one in between the lockdowns. I fucking made the mistake of doing it on the automatic. Uh, and then everyone being like, why are you learning on an automatic? Oh, no, no, I'm with you on that. On automatic. Yeah, I don't need to drive an automatic. I I, I passed in an automatic. Yeah. So I can only drive go-karts, essentially. Yeah, yeah. But every car, like you go to the States, every car's an automatic. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Why overcomplicate it with a gearbox when you're not going to yeah, ever yeah. use the gearbox? I do gears. I've done about 30 hours. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I think that's a fail, isn't it? <laughs> if you start racking up halfway through the test. I've, I've done about 30 hours. Yeah. But I, I, I think it's all right. Yeah. I don't, what's, what's your theory about it? Oh, no, I've got a theory that's very podcast specific about you. Oh. I've got a theory that because you, you always like to be the best at everything. You're very competitive, right? Yeah. Irritating. Mm -hmm. And I think you've failed a test that you're not telling us. Oh, about. I haven't. Is there a way I can prove it? Yeah. DVLA me. Okay, I'll, I'll do that for you. <laughs> I don't know what that means. But um, do I. I used to, as well, it, I should have learned to drive in my teens because when you're a comedian and you're first starting out, like having a car and being able to drive is a real selling point when you're trying to get stage time because often if you're like an open mic uh, stand-up and you're just doing like the 10 minutes in the middle of uh, like a night, you can drive all of the other comedians to the venue. So a lot of like gigs would only book a comedian to come and do 10 minutes if he could drive. Oh, right. So it like ruled me out of doing quite a lot of shows. Um, and I would also have this ridiculous situation whereby I'd either be getting trains, but if I couldn't, then my mum would have to drop me off to a lot of the gigs. And sometimes, again, because I, my timekeeping is so terrible, I'd be really late to the gig and I'd be like, I don't think we're going to get there if we take the car. So you're probably going to have to take your scooter to get through the traffic in London. So I would turn up to gigs in like pubs and working men's clubs and there'd be green rooms and dressing rooms full of like hardened like circuit comics and I would turn up outside on the back of my mum's pink <laughs> scooter like toot toot bye darling that's so sitcom text though text me when you finish <laughs> and I'd walk into the dressing room and I'd be like oh my god this I is like so it cringe. there's a charm to that there's a charm but it's probably like if that wasn't enough of a trigger to get me to think learn to drive yeah what is what is <laughs> Maybe a child. Jack, I've come up with some baby names for you. Yeah, okay. Uh, have, you, have you got a names yet? I've got a couple of thoughts. Okay, well, maybe put them on the back burner. 
because mm. these are these are pretty. Good. I haven't heard these yet. My girlfriend's called Roxy after Roxanne, mm-hmm. and uh, she said to me the other day that she's called Roxy after her dad's favorite song. And she was like, "Well, maybe we could go that route." And I was like, "We can't call our kid Mambo Number Five. <laughs> that is not an appropriate name for a child." <laughs> okay, these are these are my list, right? So, um, Fiona's actually suggested Jax with an X. <laughs> That would be so confusing. <laughs> but you've got the Jaff for Jack and the X for Roxy. Jax is a, is a very sort of Kardashian-esque yeah. Yeah. merge. Jack's Whitehall. I think it was just, yeah. Yeah, it is shit. Um, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. 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 Throw Fiona yeah. under the bus yeah. there. Yeah, yeah, no, it I'm, is shit. I'm thinking you're very, very successful. So is your other half. So your kid's going to have a lot of pressure yeah. to grow up and replicate that. Yeah. So give give them the best start they can have by calling them McCulkey. McCulkey. Are you trying to say McCaul- Macaulay? Macaulay. I meant to say Macaulay. Macaulay. Yeah. Macaulay. 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 Best chance in life to call Macaulay. Call it. Yeah. Actually, I'm sticking with it. Call him Macaulay. Macaulay. Yeah. Uh, I quite call- like Macaulay. Macaulay. Yeah. If I see it that, it feels a little bit like a Scottish appropriation. <laughs> Yeah, McCulkey could be in Home Alone oh, 4. I just read what you put for the next one. Clifford the Little White Baby. <laughs> <laughs> little White Baby. What if it comes out ginger? Clifford the Little Red Baby. Little Red Baby. Yeah, you can yeah. mix it up. Yeah. Um, we've got Stephen, because our friend Stephen tries. Oh. He's probably the daddy now. <laughs> Definitely not calling it. I do not want to think of Stephen Tries every time I look at my infant child. Winston? Yeah, well, Win- a lot of people were suggesting Winston. Right. Underneath that picture that I posted of uh, <laughs> me and my girlfriend announcing our pregnancy, every other message was, are you going to call it Winston? <laughs> Absolutely not. Uh, two more. Rock, because of the love of your life. Yes. Dwayne The Rock Johnson. Yeah, my rock. Um, <laughs> everyone's rock. Uh yeah, I, that, that would be quite good. Rock Whitehall. Rock, Rock Whitehall. Sounds quite good. And then the final one, you're in a new film called Robots. Yeah. Siri. Siri. <laughs> Siri Whitehall. I feel so sorry, by the way, for people, not called Siri, because well, there must be people called Siri, but Alexa as well. Like, yeah. Alexa really ruined that name. Yeah, it did. And it was it's a beautiful name, but anyone that's called Alexa now, all you think of is that stupid thing. That yeah, machine. fuck that. So you're not going Siri then? I don't think we're going to I'm getting go the vibe Siri. you're not going Siri. No. I'm getting the vibe you're not going any of them. No. <laughs> Maybe Ryan to remind me of my favourite airline. <laughs> or Swan. No, because then that implies... Yeah, that I've teabagged teabag my... <laughs> okay, right. move on. So weird. Tell us... To, right, yeah, we haven't told you about the button. Yeah, I, I thought it was a like a... What is the button for, Stevie? <laughs> well, apparently nothing at the moment. Mm. We, we've not been here in a couple of months, and we've come back and the button doesn't work. Right. Um, so that basically... girl put it up her ass, the one that was on before me. <laughs> we can't say she didn't. <laughs> <laughs> Have you had a sniff? <laughs> so the button's meant to control this spinning wheel here. Right. Now, this wheel gives out a question that a previous guest has written. Okay. So you'd press that if you didn't want to carry on talking about things like calling your baby Siri. Porn star. Yeah, you could do. But what is the biggest item that you think you could fit in your ass? My worry is that we can't. Shall I just see if I can grab one? Try and get it to work. Although Ramesh wasn't very kind about our questions. Are you trying to like manually get one out? Well, I've opened the door, but I can't get the balls. Okay, we can't then. We can't. 
We can't. Jack, you're going back you on tour. You blew all the budget on paint, did you? Yeah. yeah. But, oh, see, see, we haven't even... So we, I caught, we needed a name for the table. Yeah. So oh. we were getting some su submissions. Somebody said Ian, but I don't like it. No. Uh, so I, I said like a V, isn't it? And we give off virgin energy. Oh, yeah. So... I mean, no. <laughs> like, oh, yeah. Too <laughs> no, as you know, yeah, that's clever and it's good and it's a nice name. You do not give off virgin energy. <laughs> Let's talk a bit about your tour, Jack. <laughs> You're going back out on tour. Yeah, going back out on tour. It's called Settle Down. It's yep. the thought process behind the name. Uh, actually, I genuinely started writing this show and uh, committed to this title before my girlfriend was pregnant. And then that happened and I was like, oh, well, that's a nice coincidence. Yeah. And it's so terrible as well because everyone now thinks that, you know, I don't know, I've done that. <laughs> purely because. Purely because it will be a source of material, which as a comedian, it's impossible to avoid that you have. In, and it happens with traumatic moments in your life as well, but also joyous moments that whatever you're experiencing, there is a moment minutes, hours later where you're like, oh, yeah, that's going to be a great source for jokes. And you just need to live in the moment and not constantly be thinking, oh, yeah, I need to write that down or... Mm. Uh, this is something that I could weave into some material at some point in the future. That also works as a positive, though. We've said it before where, like, something really shit will happen yeah. in a day and then we go, at least it's great podcast content yeah, next exactly. time we go to the studio. <laughs> mm. Do you enjoy touring? I love touring. Yeah, 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 it's great. And it's, you know, doing films and TV is is also, like, wonderful, but it does take a lot of time and you're totally beholden to other people and other scripts that you're you know other people's words and scripts and stuff and, and you film something and then it takes months or years sometimes for it to come out and I love stand-up because it's just like you and your audience and you're getting up on stage each night and anything can happen and you're like totally unfiltered and and especially you know having done things like jungle cruise and clifford the big red dog i was somewhat straight jacketed in the nature of my comedy on some of those more family friendly <laughs> ventures and so it's so nice to be back up on stage and being able to say whatever the fuck i like do you do you i think we asked you this last time but this was before we had actually done anything as well do, do you still get nervous before each one it always fascinates me to yeah i mean a little bit i think especially in the early stages of doing it when you know the materials maybe not like as fully formed mm. uh that feels a little bit kind of nerve-wracking but i think with a tour less so just because i know most of these venues is people that have come to see you it's like the perfect environment to do stand-up and they're always like the best shows i'm nervous when it's something where i'm a little bit out of my comfort zone or i don't have control like if I'm doing like a weird corporate event and all of a sudden there's like strange parameters and it's a room that's not set up for comedy or, mm. you know, that's when I begin to feel nervous or like things like the Brits where it's live and, you know, you've got an audience that isn't necessarily as onside or or even listening to you at some, at some junctures and that's when it becomes a little more nerve-wracking. I would always, even though the, what we did was load of shit really like, just, <laughs> like, no, but i would still get really nervous for it before every 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 yeah. one for some reason but I've, i found that as soon as i went out there them nerves sort of disappeared yeah, straight yeah, away yeah. but it's just that apprehension mm. you didn't really get too nervous did you i'd just drink so <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> what's your favorite thing about touring my favorite thing about touring um i think is just like for for me, it's just like I I forget about everything else, and I'm just focused on the show and that night and the audience and 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 being up on stage as well. 
you just like it's it's the most amazing feeling because you're just like any worries or anxieties that you have in your life like completely dissipate and you're just in this moment with an audience in front of you like connected with them and i just find it like like this i don't know like i find it like genuinely quite freeing and also you know you can use stand-up almost like it can be quite cathartic as well if you want to like go off and like offload about stuff and mm. talk about I, I talk a lot about my life and the anxieties about having a child and uh all the shit that's going on and and i can go up on stage and just like fucking vent it it makes it sound a little bit like i'm using my stand-up shows as therapy which in a way they are but um <laughs> we, we, hopefully with some punchlines as well yeah. if chat gbt can fucking uh, humorous material uh but yeah i just i don't know i just like I don't know. I find it re I, I really like being out on the road and 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 just doing it and focused on that and only that. It's great. I I loved it so much. I didn't think I would. I was like very sort of anti it. And then as soon as I started, a little birdie told me mm. the first day of our tour. They, mm. he, and I'll tell you who it is in a minute. But he said it's hard to get on the road. It's even harder to get off it. Mm. I think that's a lovely little sentimental uh, bit. As in, once you've done it and you've you've tasted what it's like to do yeah live shows it's very difficult to yeah. not do them yeah i would say that's true yeah and that little birdie was our tour manager john yeah, 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 know, yeah john you yeah. know he speaks very highly of you oh he's great is yeah. he going to be your tour manager for the next one well weirdly i ah uh, i yeah he'll probably be involved in, at at some point i have another tour manager who i've worked with for like 10 years and john always does the shows that he can't do right um so but I think yeah he might he, he might be involved he's amazing he's so good and like having someone like that that you can have on the road with you that you sort of trust and is there to sort of pick you up in the moments where you're feeling down or tired or lost your nerve or whatever and those people are like so experienced and people like John are great mm. because he's seen it all and he's been doing it for so long and uh yeah like uh, you know once, once you find someone like that like you want to kind of like latch onto them yeah because uh they're that you know they're like they're hard to find um but yeah i totally agree with that sentiment of his and and i found that like every time i do a tour i finish and i'm like i'm done with this I, like i think after the last one i quit which i didn't actually quit but someone asked me and i let my guard down and said yeah i could see myself not doing it again Jack, what he all quits comedy i was like no nah, that's not really what i said but <laughs> um and then you know the longer that time passes of not doing it the more i get that itch and i'm like oh i really want to get back up on stage and you have a couple of funny thoughts and you think you've got like the beginnings of a routine formulating in your mm. head and then the minute you get back up on stage in a comedy club i'm like oh god i've been bitten by the bug again and i can't wait to then do a tour and and i feel like i'm always going to be like that and you probably will be now as well it's like if you if you had to choose then because you do all these hollywood films yeah. and all that fun stuff and then you've got the the stand-up side if you could only do one of those for the rest of your life which one are you picking i mean at this exact moment in time i yeah. would say like touring and stand up and i'm so in love with it at the moment i mean in two months time when i'm doing like the final dates of my tour again i will have began to hate the sound of my own voice and will be totally disenfranchised with the entire art form of comedy and i'll be like fuck this i want to go and do a serious drama and um you know uh, tea bag swan. swan, yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, but at the moment, yeah, definitely. I Where can that. people get tickets, Jack? They can get tickets at uh, my website, uh, www.jackwhitehall.com, uh, or on Ticketmaster. We're doing like this uh, special. Uh, 
deal with Ticketmaster for the rest of the month where we're getting rid of uh, booking fees uh, for the next couple of weeks as well, which means we can offer tickets that are like far more kind of competitive price and you can come and see me for like uh, 25, 30 pounds, which I think is great that they've agreed to do that as well because I think like that's such a frustrating thing when you're you know putting tickets on, on, on sale and then you're seeing like all of these people that are sort of taking a, a chunk of people's money and, yeah. and, and especially at the moment, I think it's like you know people are really thoughtful about what they're spending their money on and so yeah thankfully we've been able to do this deal with Ticketmaster and yeah for the next couple of weeks we've got this really good uh deal love it on offer. love it we'll pop down and have a little yeah have a little watch as well we've probably mentioned him a bit too much in the show already but is Lloyd Griffith supporting you on this one as well yeah he he is and he's he's great Lloyd he's the perfect like uh, warm-up act as well because he's just got this amazing like routine that's so different to mine and he does uh, you know he's singing and like loads of I, I don't want to call them <laughs> he basically got a review once at Edinburgh <laughs> I feel so bad now I'm just <laughs> thrashing Lloyd <laughs> but he did his Edinburgh show and one of the reviewers said it's less stand-up comedy and more uh, a str- no what was it more more a string of gimmicks, <laughs> but he does. But but gimmicks is so like such a reductive way to refer to what he does because he there are he does like tape impressions which sounds terrible. But he lo- no, he lost. He's done it for us. He's done it for us. It's so good. And you try to explain it to anyone and they're like, "Is that funny?" It's like it's amazing. <laughs> and he does the thing where like he asks people to shout out because he's obsessed with cathedrals and he asks them to shout out like a cathedral in England and he's got a fact about all of them. He really is as well. I've, when he was in Norwich last we was walking up by the by he and he was like is this the main one or yeah. fucking weird yeah you've got a few gimmicks haven't you stevie no yes you have you've got an elephant he makes me do noises on oh. he's made me do this on stage as well <laughs> well i thought uh, i'm just I thought the <laughs> elephant impression wasn't you standing up pulling the pockets out of your trousers <laughs> and then revealing what i suspect is quite a small trunk <laughs> Um, no, oh. it's because of the pills. For it's gonna be, yeah. <laughs> it's gonna be really bad now. <laughs> Why am I doing this? There you go. <laughs> that was impressive, Chewbacca. <laughs> Not doing this. <laughs> That's 50% of our... our so we, we went and played football last night and some prick, I scored a goal and, and on the other team he went, we can't fucking let Chewbacca score a goal. <laughs> I hadn't even done the impression. He was just saying it based on the way I look. Maybe you came to the show. <laughs> and then, so we started mapping off that. But he's, oh, he's right, our show is shit because oh. that is half of it. I played five-side football once in Manchester when I was doing Fresh Meat and uh, Chesney from Coronation Street. Oh, yeah. Up, and then someone spotted that it was him and for like... An hour it was just everyone at this goals just chanting where's Schmeichel and like like basically just giving him shit for an hour oh I, I love like, it oh poor fucker are you any are you good at football uh I'm better than you would expect me to be so and I you know, suspect the bar is pretty low but I'm yeah I'm surprisingly quite good at football that's about the only sport that I have ever excelled at what position a marauding centre forward would you do soccer aid I have done soccer have aid. you yeah yeah I, I got watch an unbelievable it. assist. Oh, really? Yeah, Did yeah, you? Yeah. yeah, to Jermaine Defoe. It, I literally, like, 
ping this ball the length of the pitch, like big, like bending crossfield pass that he latched onto and scored. How have I not seen this? I know. Like, this is like the most amazing assist ever. And look, the reality was it was about 80 minutes. Clearance. I was absolutely knackered. And I was like, I can't be bothered to run all the way to the corner flag. So I'm just going to hoof it. And it turned into like this David Beckham-esque. Wow. I need to see it. Get yeah, this so on, get Jack this. Whitehall assist. Yeah. Soccer aid. Uh, they, uh, yeah, I mean, he Defoe had to do a lot of work as well. Says, he also stole a goal. Yeah, I was going to say Defoe's yeah, I, 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 I hit a shot that was going in, and then he got in the way of it. No way. Yeah, yeah. Right, we're just watching it. Oh, uh, yeah, but now. it just catches the end of it. Wait, wait, no, keep playing, because I think they show a replay. Is that Defoe on the ball That's now? That's Defoe on the ball. He's he, just right. he had a lot of work to do still, to be fair. He had to round the keeper and take it under control. But it was a good pass. So weird. You've just assisted Defoe for England. I know. It was absolutely amazing. Do you know what? Soccer aid is the one reason I want to be famous. I'd love to play. Yeah, let's get this widescreen feed. This means nothing to the listeners right look, now. Look, here we are. Look, there it's me on there. And then look. Right. Boom. Whack. Right into his path. That is a great ball. That is a good I, ball. He, st he still has a lot to do, but... That's a great oh. ball. Who were some of the players that stood out to you then? Uh, Seydorf, who left me for dead and scored like three goals on the night. We don't need to see the clip of that. Um, <laughs> but Seydorf's great. The thing is, I played in a lot of those um, sort of celebrity football matches. Mm -hmm. And the most depressing thing is that I've played with Seydorf, Edgar Davids, Del Piero. And honestly, of all of the players that I played with, the one that I was most impressed with was Robbie Savage. And it's maybe because he was just a little bit fitter and he'd only retired like the year yeah. before, but he was everywhere, like right. all over the pitch. Uh, and I was just like, that's qu that's quite depressing that I would say of all of those amazing elite players. I get, no, I get it though. Savage is definitely the like the most impressive. I can see that. Like I've not played in many many of those, but Ro Roman Kemp had a game at Crystal Palace ground last year. Yeah. I was lucky enough to play in that. So I was in a midfield three with Joe Cole and Jack Wilshere. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so I just I was knackered after about oh, nine minutes, so got fun. taken off. But the best player there on that day, I thought, was Jamie O'Hara. Oh really? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. It's just crazy because you wouldn't, you wouldn't think. No, no. Are we going to see you back at Soccer Aid? I, I don't know. Yeah, I've, I've, I've wanted to go back, but I just because of like my schedule, I've never been available to do it. Mm. But it, yeah, it's such a fun event, and uh, it's all for a great cause, and 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 it's amazing to, to get to like sort of have that like wish fulfillment of playing in an actual stadium with real players. Um, it's but it is quite high pressure. Like I remember that that same game that I played in, it was at Leicester. Um, and it was arranged by two of the One Direction boys. Fucking awful. I turned up to the Leicester Stadium and got off the coach and walked off the coach and everyone just erupted, like cheering and screaming and all of these girls. And I was just waving. I was like, oh, thank you so much. And then had that awful moment of realisation where I slowly turned and looked over my shoulder and Louis Tomlinson had got off just behind me. <laughs> and I thought that the reaction was for me. Uh, and that was pretty humiliating. But then during the game, uh, we like played for like 10 minutes and it was obviously a mixture of celebrities and pros and we'd gone like 2-0 down and uh, uh, it was uh, Robbie Savage and Phil Neville like formed a huddle in the middle of the pitch for the kickoff and like ushered me over to join the huddle uh, and I went oh what, what, what's the chat guys and they went uh, right okay from now on don't fucking pass it to Ronan Keating 
And they pointed over to the other wing and Ronan Keating was there like waving <laughs> over, completely oblivious to what the huddle was about. But it was basically do not pass it to Ronan Keating. And I was just like, well, fucking, he's from Boyzone and he's turned, oh, he's not a professional athlete. So obviously, yes, he's probably not as good as you, but he's turned up for the day and he's here to support the great cause that we're raising money for. I think we should pass it to Ronan. No, we're not fucking passing it to Ronan. <laughs> he is the weak link on this team. So I was like, okay, fine. Wow. We won't pass it to Ronan. Was there a bit Brutal. of you that was secretly buzzing because they weren't having that huddle about you? Uh, yes. Well, then <laughs> at halftime, there was another huddle uh, and I was not involved in the huddle and they were all looking over at me and I was waving. Going, okay, I guess I'm not getting the ball for the next 45 minutes. <laughs> Love it. So that came back to bite me. Who's, who's some of the better sort of celebs that you've seen, the, the, the non-footballers? Well, obviously, Mark Wright is very, very good. Um, he like, played a game in the FA Cup a couple of years ago against Leeds, didn't he? He did, did yeah. He signed for Crawley and played a couple of games for them. Uh, yeah, and that was the year after my soccer aid as well. I think he then got signed by a professional team and I was a bit like, well, did you see the assist? I mean, surely you're like... Fleetwood Town or Boreham Wood or Forest Green and maybe looking for someone to come on for the last 10 minutes of a game. I am available. No calls. Uh, so Mark Wright was really good. Um, uh, uh, who else was really good? John Bishop. He's really good. Nicky, Nicky Byrne, the guy from Westlife. I think he played pro uh, and he was, yeah, he was really good. Um, Tom Grennan is incredible. Is he? Yeah. Oh yeah, I saw his goal that he scored. Like, yeah, yeah he he looks like he's got some technique. Um, but yeah, I'm trying to think who else. Oh, Ralph Little as well. Yeah. He's like amazing. Yeah. He's really really good. I used to play like um, five aside with him as well, and he is just yeah, he's a, he could be a professional footballer. Just anyone bar Lee Lee Mack, bless him. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> I want to talk to you a bit, Jack, uh, before we get on the final bit about. Stephen tries. Yes, I love Stephen tries. We love him. Yeah, um, known him for a few years now. He's he's. So I don't know if this is derogatory or not, but he's like YouTube comedy royalty. Yeah, yeah you know yeah, what I mean. Yeah. Like, do you think? Do you think we will ever see him become like a like a stand up stand up? Yeah, I mean, he's someone that like I. So I did a, a video with him years ago, and then have watched loads of his stuff. Uh, and just think he's so funny and his sketches are so hilarious and you know have kept in touch with him and we've spoken in the past about like trying to develop some things uh, for him and trying to like find some other I mean obviously he's so successful on YouTube and has a huge fan base but like he's genuinely someone that I could think could like break out in like a really big way in a, you know in a more mainstream way and, and would love to see that happen and I think there is definitely a chance that he could because he's so funny and he's so prolific mm. with the stuff that he produces and writes and uh yeah like he's he's someone that like if I can ever do anything to sort of help facilitate that I would be like so happy to do so and so uh yeah I'd really like because he could do a, a sitcom or a sketch show or like I I think his roasts as well like we don't really have like much of a culture of that over here in the UK and they've mm -hmm. tried a couple of times to do roasts um and it's never really like uh, taken off but he is so good at it and like always just like absolutely like nails the brief and so I wonder whether like that might be kind of an avenue that becomes the thing that like makes him a like breakout sort of star in in, in more of like that mainstream space but 
Yeah, he's just he's just so funny. Is that what he was roasting you the other day, wasn't he? Yeah, yeah, it was great. So yeah, I got in touch because again, like when you're doing promo for these tours and stuff, you end up having to do a lot of really really boring shit. Mm. And <laughs> no, 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 <laughs> not this. Like, the, like actively, like these are the things that I love doing: coming and talking to people <laughs> that make me laugh and doing shows that I love. And you know, that's why I said I'd love to come back and do happy hour, and I want to do something with Stephen rather than you know sitting and talking to Phil and Holly. Not not nothing against them. It's They're just not even talking to each other at the moment. Breakfast television <laughs> on breakfast television. <laughs> yeah. You can't really, you know You can't talk about teabag and a swan exactly, on, on this exactly. morning. Exactly. Yeah. And you know, uh, yeah, I although I think weirdly when I did this morning, that girl that had put the traffic cone up her ass had been on, on yeah. the, the day before. <laughs> the, the, the sofa had a very strange voice. I know. Um she does the bargains. Uh, yeah. Uh, so yeah, so I I I uh, yeah was really up for doing something again with Stephen, and so I went and did his um his YouTube series, the one where you get drunk, and then I didn't actually get drunk. But I was also like, well, why don't you come and like roast me at one of my shows? Because I was doing a gig in Blackburn that night, and I was like, come along and and do some roast jokes, and brought him out like cold as well to an audience that had no idea that he was going to appear, and they hadn't really been warmed up at all. And he came out and just went straight for the jugular, <laughs> doing a load of nine eleven jokes. <laughs> And uh, what was the other one? Uh, I mean, he just went everywhere. There was absolutely like no holes barred. Did, and you, it was did you say there was anything off? off, off the no, no, I said just, yeah, say whatever you like uh, with the um, the safety net that I might get to see an edit afterwards. But in the end, I was just like, it's all so funny. And it all ends up on TikTok or, you know, Instagram anyway. So yeah. uh, what do you think yeah. of Max? What? What do you think of Max? Max. <laughs> Yeah, he's very funny. A very <laughs> a peculiar chap. I love him. He's I hilarious. Him. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, right. <laughs> Caught you off guard with that one, didn't I? <laughs> no, that was, uh, where is that? So where can people see the roast? Because I, I came across it on Twitter, but is that uploaded to... It was it was on TikTok, but I think Stephen's just posted something about it. Yeah, it's on Stephen's it. Instagram. So and and then, yeah, it's in, in, in the video that he posted as well. Do you, do you have any other YouTubers that you like? Um, yeah, I'm, um, yeah. Who do you watch? I mean, I like the Sidemen, I, I love their stuff. And well, so, what, you're, will, will, you, will you actively watch a Sidemen Sunday? I probably wouldn't watch the whole thing, but I would definitely watch clips, but then that's just indicative of anything. Like, yeah. I find that with TV shows as well now. Yeah. Uh, my attention span is terrible. Uh, but yeah, like, Steve, Steven's the main one. Um, I'm trying to think of other, what, what other comedy YouTubers are there? There aren't many, are there really? Not really. It's it's a lot of like the, I, f I find the best content on YouTube now is more stuff like Nick Ormolana and Max. Nick Ormolana's the best. Oh yeah, he's funny. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I've the, seen his stuff. Yeah, the but then the that's best. not comedy. Oh, Max Fosh. I love Max Fosh as yeah. well. Like I watch all of his stuff and I really like him and mm. think he's really really funny. Um, and I love yeah. He's just he's someone that clearly has just like a really really inventive mind and approach to it and uh, i love the kind of like production of his things and the ambition of them and yeah i think he's really great he recently deleted the ryanair app as well yes <laughs> have you worked with max bosch uh no but i've i've met him and we've spoken about trying to do something together before and uh yeah he, he, he's someone that i sort of f found his videos and thought were great and and, and nico's really good as well uh so i never uh, knew you had your ear to the ground yeah yeah yeah, yeah. 
And uh, yeah, but Stephen's great as well because he's just it, it sketches, and they're like to, to, the reality is like that is a format even on TV that is you know so um, you know malnourished. There's there's so little sketch comedy. It used to be huge, you know. It was Little Britain and League of Gentlemen, and no one makes sketch shows anymore. It's a really like uh, like lost art, and and so he's doing it on YouTube, which is a great. Uh, sort of platform to do sketch content as well because you know you want it to be uh fast paced and um like cutty and uh to be able to like do lots of different characters and uh so you know it really really works um on on youtube and and he's like like really killing it and it's a sh you know it's a shame that there isn't more sketch comedy because i love sketch comedy when i was growing up that's all i watched i love like watching those sketch shows in the fast show and um uh you know big train and things like that and they just don't exist anymore so you know even more so it makes me think like why isn't someone like you know bbc3 or Snap channel up. 4 going let's put steven tries on mm. our channel and give him some money to make his sketches for us because uh no one else is doing it and he's brilliant at it and he's proved that he's really good at it and so yeah i mean i mean he probably doesn't need that i mean <laughs> more people watch the shows on youtube than they would if i'd just it was love to see him do a stand-up channel tour. i'd 100 go last person i want to mention in that same vein is um lucia chi with the c oh yeah yeah she's fucking incredible are you familiar with no, her? no 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 she she's uh, just a great comedian she's uh, she's actually now breaking into tv and stuff yeah and like sneak ahead on oh yeah yeah, stuff yeah, like yeah, that so yeah. she's smashing it as well loose yeah lucia keskin she's she's killing it so there's a lot of there are a lot of great comedians coming out of youtube but i mean i think i touched upon it last time it's like when i first started doing stand-up you know it just wasn't something that you would do youtube because it, mm. it didn't exist the only route to doing stand-up was going to the edinburgh festival doing an hour of stand-up there and then going on panel shows and like the whole industry has shifted and you know there's a lot less panel shows um edinburgh while still vital is not necessarily the same as it was 10 years ago and the fact that you can create content and put it on youtube and you don't have to wait for the okay from some television executive i think is great it's mm. it's a wonderful way to like get your content out there and to get it seen and when you see people that are doing it and then are breaking through it's it's brilliant and uh and I think uh, it's like it's really healthy for the comedy industry to have that. Love it. I've never never been to Edinburgh, but going to go this year. Yeah, it's gonna great. Go. It's I hear great. Great things, Jack. Before we let you go, I want to do one last little topic. I want to talk about robots. Yeah. This new film you're in. Oh yeah, I forgot. I forgot. You I forgot, forgot I was in a, in a movie. I was just too busy noshing off Stephen Tries. <laughs> <laughs> I was meant to promote a film. <laughs> Uh, tell us a little bit about it. Give us the little the little uh, bio. So it's a sci-fi romantic comedy, um, and it's um, set in a sort of near distant future where AI exists and is used to do all of the jobs that we don't want to. Uh, but there is also this black market of people that have illegal AI robot doubles of themselves. And I play a guy who's like a womanizer. He has this AI robot double of himself, which he uses to take all of these girls on dates and then he sleeps with them. And then I meet Shailene Woodley's character, who is a gold digger who has a robot for the opposite reason, because she takes all of these men on dates, gets bought loads of lovely gifts, and then uses the robot to sleep with the ugly old men. And then our <laughs> robots meet each other, they fall in love, and they run away, and then 
again, the movie is about us having to hunt them down and work together uh, to like save our lives and so you, get our robots. You're back. playing the robot as well, then. Yeah, you play both. So you play yourself. I play this sort of, you know, like sort of uh, scumbag character who's Charles. He's like a womanizer and a, like a real asshole. And then I play this robot who's like a really earnest, like very innocent version of myself. So you get to play both of the parts, which is was so much fun. Um, and uh, yeah, it's it's written by the guy who called Ant Hines, who wrote loads of Borat. Oh, and yeah. so he's worked with Sasha Baron Cohen for the last like 10 years and does amazing. all of his stuff. And he's amazing. So like tonally, it's very out there. Um, it's like really near the knuckle humor, like every other like line of dialogue is a swear word and there's sex scenes and it's just, it's very, very kind of like R rated and it's great because I'd been doing, as I said, like Jungle Cruise, Clifford the Big Red Dog. I was desperate to do something that was a little bit like more in my wheelhouse and mm -hmm. then this came along and it was, it was so much fun. It's an English accent in this one as well, isn't it? Yeah, 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 yeah. You said you wanted... Jack to teach us how to do American accents. Yeah, as well, didn't I know you? Stephen roasted you for your American <laughs> accent, but I yeah. watched the trailer to Clifford, and yeah. and I, th I actually it's decent. Yeah, do you agree? I mean, no one said anything when it came out in America. Like a lot oh, of people. Oh, that's the better part, though. Yeah, yeah. But the minute it came out here, like, what the fuck is that? <laughs> it's, <laughs> it was so funny. It's because it's just, people are used to your voice. Think they're quite used but to there's voice, a scene yeah. in Clifford where you put on an English accent. Yeah. And it's, I found that really strange yeah. because it was like that weird, like, jump between the two. And I was surrounded by English actors speaking in their own accents as well, just to make it even more complicated. Every scene was with Sienna Gilroy or John Cleese, who mm. were all speaking in the Queen's English. And I was having to try and adopt this American accent and maintain get, it. I don't get why they would make you American. Couldn't they just write, like, yeah, I think you did a great job, but why couldn't they? I don't know. I just get an American. Yeah. <laughs> Well, I think that was the their plan. <laughs> right. And then they pivoted and, and cast me. Right. But I, I mean, I, it's a weird one because I, I like doing accents and, and, and it's a fun challenge to do the American accent. But it, it, it's a hard one when you're trying to be funny because it does constrain you a bit. Like you are a little bit like straight jacketed when you're trying to speak in another accent uh, because you can't like lean into all of the like vocal tics and mannerisms that mm. you're used to in your own voice. And it does limit... I think like a performance when you're trying to be funny. Uh, so, and I, which is something that I want to try and get a little bit better at, but you only get to that stage by just doing it more and, and being more comfortable in it. And you know, some people are so good at it, like actors that can just do it and like lapse into it like straight away. Uh, but it does it does take a lot of time. I, I assume you had to have like proper elocution lessons. Yeah, I had a dialect coach who was on set like every day, and yeah, it's you're going and doing every like. But it's when you're improvising that's when it's hard. All of a sudden you go off on a tangent, and you know you haven't got the safety net of having gone through all of it and worked out how each word should sound. Right. And all of a sudden you come up against something that catches you off guard, and you you say it completely wrong, and then you're like, oh god, in your own thoughts that was. Fucking shit. <laughs> can you, can you do it, still do it now then? Uh, yeah, I mean. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I do. I, I probably can. Can you give us a little little go? What would you like me to say? Can you say, I'm Jack Whitehall and I'm, I'm on Jack Mates Happy Hour podcast? I'm Jack Whitehall and I'm on Jack Mates Happy Hour podcast. Do you know what? I think it's all right. Yeah. Okay. It is. Yeah. yeah. I don't think anyone was saying it was bad. And Stephen. I think Stephen's the one who put it in our heads. Yeah. Out there, yeah. I, I'm, ja I, I'm Jack Dean, and 
is that is that yeah and this is jack mate's happy hour podcast i think you go a bit like texas here yeah it's a yeah. little bit texas you add the norwich farmer to wrong with that to. Teach me, teach me summit. So, how would I say? Uh, so, well, don't say summit. That would be number one. <laughs> so, did you have? What was yours a regional, just like a generic American accent? Yeah. Or, or was it like a New York? It was pretty generic. In right. fact, it went around quite a few of the states. <laughs> if you watched the film, uh, I wanted to just make sure that we had all of them covered. Right, okay. uh, but wait, I, weirdly, I've had two different dialect coaches. One where they go through every single word and you look at like the pronunciation of each of the words. And then there's another approach to doing it, which is more like like about the shape of your mouth which is nuts and you don't like look at the text it's you have to make more space in your mouth to do an american accent so you have to like he says it's like you've just bitten into an apple and and if you create more space in your mouth then you work harder with your tongue to create some of the sounds of an american accent oh it's actually really good that all right people but i was doing it and he said do it in your mind you know imagine you've been into the apple and he was like actually do it so i'd be on set sometimes and people would look over at me and i'd go <laughs> <laughs> like do we need to call an ambulance yeah, like, no no so i'm just getting into the accent eating an imaginary apple i'm an american man no i can't do that was a bit, that's bar- that's good, a bit right? barack obama yeah. was it Go on, give us a go, Stevie. Give us your oh, American. I'm partner. so bad. American. Um, hey, hey, man. I'm I'm Steve. I can't. Hey, man. This is Jack Mates Happy Hour Podcast. Is that? It went a little bit. Yeah. Sort of you lost sound it. like the creepy character on South Park. Who's the creepy character? Uh, the, the the old man that's always trying to get them in into his house. The old pervert on South Park. On Family Guy. No, you mean Family Guy. Do I mean Family Guy? Is there a pervert on all of yeah, Herbert. I, mean fam- I mean Family Guy. You do hey, that. Hey, Chris, you want yeah, to come in the yeah, house? Yeah, that guy. He's like him. The oh, pervert great. on Family Guy. Great. Without meaning to, I've turned into a perv. <laughs> What's Jack. he called? Herbert. 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 Yeah. Herbert the pervert. You are Great. That's, that's exactly like, what I was going yeah, for. That's so what you're going for. I've, I've taken you away from robots, which is what we're meant to be talking yeah, about. Yeah, no, no, no. So, so we watched the trailer. Me and Fee was watching it on the way up last night. Seems like there's a lot of sex in it. A lot of sex. Yeah. Yeah. How awkward is that to film? How awkward is Holly- are Hollywood sex scenes? I mean, I think it depends who you're filming the sex scene with. On Robots, it was fine because it was with Shailene, who was very sort of easygoing, and we sort of discussed it before, and like basically like uh, worked out what like our boundaries were and what would make us comfortable. And she was like, "Oh, it'll be fine," and like just it was a very easy environment to to do it in. And I guess if you were doing it with someone that was a little bit more awkward, then that would make you more awkward because ultimately you just want them to be comfortable. Mm. Um, uh, so yeah, it, it, it was, it and because they were comedy sex scenes as well, it was all about just like working out what is the funniest thing to do and how to make it as stupid as possible. And I think that makes it a bit easier as well. It's when you're trying to make it sensual or like feel like more realistic. Oh, that's when I'd it's quite cringe. I hate that. Yeah. I would hate it. I'd much rather do funny sex. Yeah. Funny sex. I, I, <laughs> I, the only time I've ever done it when it when it when it wasn't meant to be like comedy was on Good Omens and I had a sex scene in that and I got the worst note ever because after the first take the director walked onto the set and he went Jack do you I don't know how to say this but it's, it's the only way I can articulate the thought but could you do it a little bit less Benny Hill 
Because no. you're, and I was like, "What do you mean?" It's like you're just sort of going at it quite hard, and then your face, you're, it's like it looks like you're grinning, and you look a bit like Benny Hill. I was like, "That's literally the worst feedback anyone could ever have for a sex scene." But I was like, "Okay, fine." And then I couldn't obviously get that out of my head that I looked like Benny Hill in the sex scene. I couldn't do it. No. Props to you, mate. Props you never had a, you never done a sex scene on the Happy Hour podcast. <laughs> Well, <laughs> last week we did something involving a trash no. but that's about it. <laughs> I'm going to say a question now that is going to sound stupid, and I'm happy for it to sound stupid. When you're playing the two characters, essentially, in yeah. the film, there's a lot of scenes where you're in. There's going to be a lot where you're both in. Yeah. Are you having to film it all multiple times just to... Yeah. And is someone else pretending to be yeah. you? I had a stand-in, a guy called Nick, who Did he was an look actor. Like you? Yeah, he looked like me, same height, Did same he? build. And uh, yeah, he was great. <laughs> you so you have to learn all of the lines and then we did the scene together and then we changed clothes. And then he'd do the other side of the scene. Why did he have to look like you if, he, if he's cut out of the film? Because you're, sh you're shooting over his shoulder a lot. So his shoulder and his ear are in the movie all the time. Right. Uh, and yeah, so he, we had him there every day and he was great. What about the scene in a trailer where you're shaving your own pubes? That was genuinely just me standing there, and um, <laughs> that was quite weird. Though, to be fair, me standing there holding my junk, and then like they had one camera, and then I would get onto my knees and pretend to be shaving myself. So there was no standard for that one. I don't think they see so your actual ass dignity. Is in the film. My actual ass is in the film. Yeah. I would, I'd want an ass double if that yeah. was me. <laughs> you must be confident in your ass. Well, it was only a slither of my ass, to be fair. <laughs> slither of ass. Yeah, and it looks like a bit of my bollock as well, but it's not. It's my hand. Um, bollock double. Yeah. Same one that they the used Yeah, the swan. swan will be watching you going, I recognise <laughs> When's Robots out, Jack? Robots is out in July on Amazon. Love it, love it. I think that's sort of that's all we've got time for, isn't it, Stevie? Yeah, we've covered the majority a lot of, of everything. In there, a lot of swan in there. If people don't like that, I don't know what you will like, folks. Um, tell us again. Want tickets to show? Where are we going? Tickets at jackwhitehall.com and come and see me this summer. June, July, I'll be all over the place. It's May the 24th today and you're actually got your first show tomorrow. Got my first show tomorrow, yeah. And then I do a load of theatres and then start in Brighton and then I'm yeah doing arenas all over the country so come along oh amazing we're gonna pop down aren't we I think we're planning to come to an arena you're coming to Norwich a few times aren't you oh yeah six shows in Norwich I'll show you a great cathedral oh show me a great cathedral <laughs> in Norwich please. absolutely love it Jack you've got big in East Anglia right if, now. if people if people love listening to you on pods you've got your own pod now haven't you is oh, that yeah, correct yeah. yes I do yeah safe space what's that about um, it's a, a, a safe space where people can come and share their most embarrassing stories. We've had some great guests on the show. Um, Mo Gilligan uh, came on, Russell Howard, and, and people come and just, yeah, basically get off their chest the, those, those terrible stories that they've been holding on to for too long. And uh, I come and am a sympathetic uh, ear to, to some of their most sordid tales. And it's great because the nature of a podcast and the format of it, like people are just so indiscreet, they forget that, you know, it's being recorded and going out. And, uh, and it's, uh, I've, I've yeah, never experienced that before on chat shows on tv like everyone is so much more guarded Preserved, and it's yeah. so much f more fun when there's no studio audience there and people think that, you know they can get away with saying anything and their guard comes down and so yeah we've had a lot of fun doing that can i tell you my one yes please. My, uh, and, you, and you can make maybe help me feel better yeah 
when I was younger, I found my mum's sex tape. And that image is etched onto my brain. Uh, so I was going to, my dad was put, uh, he had a VHS of Finding Nemo and he put it on for me and no. went to make me a bacon sandwich. And then my mum was laid on the bed. Fuck, my dad listens to this. Um, and then uh, I was sort of watching. I'm hoping your dad was the other person. Yeah, my dad was the other person. really awkward. Yeah, and then he sort What's of. What's Uncle Jeff doing? <laughs> <laughs> and then he sort of ran on and. Then found Nemo. Mounted. <laughs> found Nemo. Yeah. <laughs> and you just wanted to be Dory and forget it. <laughs> but good. you couldn't. I still can't. Burn onto your memory yeah. for the rest of your life. That is very, very traumatic. Yeah, I didn't know what was going on for the first 15 seconds. Yeah. And when you add dad to that equation, oh, no. it all becomes clear. Thanks, dad. <laughs> Thanks, Dad. And then he ran in and stopped it before the good bit, which was annoying. But there we go. And weirdly, the name of the tape was Happy Hour, which is where you got the idea <laughs> to call this podcast Happy Hour. <laughs> there we go, guys. This is the Jack Makes Happy Hour podcast with the brilliant Jack Whitehall. And every time you hear Happy Hour now, you will think of Jack's parents having sex. That is an image you do not want. <laughs> Jack, we asked you this a few years ago, but it's been a while now. I see if your answer has changed. Jack Whitehall, what is the meaning of life? Um... Uh, never. I, I was trying to. I was trying to tie it back to Stevie's Barnet again. <laughs> but I was about to say like, don't take no for an answer, which is a terrible thing to to suggest. <laughs> but as in like, don't take no as in when your hair is going, you're like you're not going to put up with that. But then it sounded a bit me too-y when I said it. When things in life recede, it doesn't mean you should give up. Yes, I thought that was going to rhyme. When then, things mate. in life recede. You can still believe. You can, you can still, still believe. Yes. Proceed. When things in life recede. Never teabag a believe. swan. Never teabag a swan. <laughs> Never teabag a swan. There we go. Never teabag a Are swan. Are we done? Yeah, we're done. Yeah. 